Namaste. Today, we're going to talk about the nature of God consciousness in heaven. What is it actually like? What's going on? I'm going to start with a discourse, a short discourse, a short talk given by Babuji, uh, probably around early 1900s. Let me see, 1939, October 12th, 1939. He didn't explain things in great detail, but he went further than most other gurus had ever gone before in terms of describing what it's like inside. The truth has progressively become more detailed, starting with uh, Guru Nanak, and then Tulsi Das, and then Swamiji, and then Babuji, and of course I've blown the cover off the details. And it's meant to be because today's students need that type of details and the types of souls that are arriving now and will arrive tens of millions um, for the golden age um, absolutely need all of the details so let's see what Babaji has to say i told his disciples in october 1939 less than 100 years ago <laughs> seems like yesterday doesn't it he talks out by saying the gift of bhakti and the prem, love and devotion, is a true and special gift of Radhaswami Daya. So he's already uh, defined whose love or what type of love uh, he's talking about. He's talking about the loving nature of what we call God or Radhaswami Daya or Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva. He's talking about the divine celestial loving consciousness. He goes on to say, the jiva alone can get it, who ha already has a very strong longing for it. We've talked about this as the soul's urge to merge, the magnetic attraction coming from inside you and outside of you as well, that's pulling you in, begging your awareness to participate in a loving activity that's heretofore undefined and not heretofore not fully experienced, pulling you, pulling you, pulling you in. Tulsi Das, Kabir, Dadu, Maharishi, Mehi, so many others. Hafiz, Kabir, have talked about it as a great magnet, an inner magnet, the inner magnet of divine celestial consciousness. Babuji goes on to say, this bhakti, which is described and experienced and expressed by Radhaswami Dayal himself, it's another word for God, consciousness, Radhaswami Dayal is unique. It's also a 
another name for Swamiji and as he had merged in Radha Swami, the Lord of the soul. Radha Swami Dayal simply means the Lord of the soul. So this bhakti described and provided by Rama Swami Dayal is unique, incomparable, and the highest type of love of all. It's unique in the sense that it can only be experienced in consciousness. It's not a subject-object love. It's something so much more than that. He gives another hint in the same presentation. He says, this bhakti, this extreme devotion, this intense devotion, this all-absorbing devotion of God has been described as unique and sublime pertaining to the highest plane so here he's not it's starting to become very specific. This love begins and is experienced and is constantly expressed in the highest levels of consciousness. But where is that consciousness in us and in our life? That consciousness, that love, loving consciousness does not remain and stay and abide only in heaven, only in the highest plane that divine loving consciousness of which so many saints have described and Babuji here is describing it as well, is the loving consciousness that creates everything in the cosmos. It creates us as souls, not just in a state of loving consciousness of the creator and the creative vortex, but our very consciousness our very life force, our very awareness is permeated as an expression of love and is an expression of love. So the, this loving consciousness of God that Babuji is beginning to describe is not simply just in heaven. Or of our soul. But it's expressed every, every microsecond of our existence. There's never a second of time. There's never a single instance in our life. There has never been a single instance in the billions of years in which we have been alive where we weren't a living, not just a living example, but a living expression of that divine loving consciousness, aptly called divine bhakti. Bhakti, of course, he continues. Babuji says, bhakti, of course, has been and is being performed by all. Just as we just discussed, every second of our life, we're performing not just love. Every second of our life, whether we realize it or not, it is an expression of divine love, of divine bhakti. 
But all the bhakti of the Lord is to be found neither in the Vedas, nor in the uh, Puran, nor in the Quran, nor in the Bible, nor in the Bhagavad Gita. It's not in books. It's in the very expression of our life, whether we realize it or not. Its secret has been given out by God himself, he says, and by Swamiji himself. He alone gets it and will get it performed by his grace and mercy. And it is only he, the God within us, that can and will bestow the gift of that bhakti. Save, except for God himself, there is none in the entire creation who can bestow the gift of bhakti and the divine love of bhakti. So what he's saying very, very clear here is that a guru, he himself cannot give this gift. As a great, great, great avatar who has reached the highest levels of divine consciousness and is looked upon as the greatest guru of his time in that part of the world. He says quite truthfully that he cannot give anyone else that bhakti. Why? It is when we, the soul experiences the creative vortex as God consciousness, but even more so when the soul experiences God, the nature of God consciousness in, a, in heaven, in the Anami region, the networking region of heaven, the active region of divine consciousness. It is then and there alone that the experience, the immersive experience of this divine love can be experienced. We don't experience it at that point. Everything that is experienced within the causal plane is experienced by the divine consciousness itself. Our soul dissolves. There's no self-perception. There's no awareness of awareness. There's no personal awareness of awareness in the causal plane. This is very hard for the mind to grasp. But once experienced, it's very easily understood. The other thing that is curious uh, miraculously, beautifully obvious in the causal plane is every experience that is experienced through this God consciousness is, a, is remembered permanently. And why is that true? Because consciousness itself is integral by nature. In other words, the highest experiences once experienced are shared and remembered by every lower level of consciousness as well. Our very existence is living proof of integral consciousness. Once we've gone beyond mind-body awareness, even if it's just for a few seconds, the wisdom starts to pour into us. We realize in the very, very first bubble of awareness, 
that it's an immortal awareness that we're going home, that we've been had, we've had this type of consciousness before. We have a feeling that we're partially home already. It's why so many of us cry at these bubbles of awareness, it's tears of remembrance, blessed tears of divine remembrance, remembrance of the divine. Let's talk about the experience of consciousness in the NAMI, the divine, what people call God, the act of God. First of all, let me say that no words could ever truly describe it. Our very timid reflections, very light, light, light reflections of what it's really like. But deep within that consciousness, there's a, a continuing eternal everlasting instance of awareness that's phenomenal and doesn't move from that singular experience, stays in that singular experience for an unfathomable amount of time. When we first enter the causal plane, we are in multiple bubbles of consciousness at the same time, five, six, seven, eight, 10, 12, a small number but we're in multiple locations of consciousness at the same time. And we're exploding as consciousness, our clarity of consciousness is doubling, tripling, increasing tenfold, twentyfold, fiftyfold, a hundredfold, every microsecond. You have to be there. <laughs> you really have to be there to feel it. It's a phenomenal experience. But at the same time, the light that we see, the energy that's produced, the light that's produced from the energy, the sound that's produced from the energy, because our consciousness is expanding, all of those things expand at the same rate of speed. And the love is infused as our consciousness. It's not just a clear consciousness. It's a loving consciousness. And there's a power at that level of Shabbat, at that level of the name of God. There's a power and a love that's infused as a very fabric of that awareness. It, it's like every bubble of consciousness is a, is a rapidly expanding flower, beautiful flower, beautiful flower. Let's talk about it for just a minute of what goes on in a flower. You take a look at the structure of a flower. There's a central bulb and then leaves surrounding it. Different types of flowers have different numbers of leaves, different sizes of leaves, different colors of leaves. But there's always a center bulb and these loops of energy that go out and come back from the central bulb. What is our consciousness like in the first bubble of pure consciousness in the eye center. When we first experience that first bubble, of course, we're overwhelmed by just the consciousness, the expanding clarity, the expanding consciousness, the, the energy that's created, the light and the sound from that energy. 
It's a similar experience, isn't it, to when we're in the crown chakra? Similar experience that a flower has. The most beautiful things about being pulled into the causal plane by the divine consciousness is you can live through the opening of a flower. I think it was Rumi who found the tears in a poem as he wrote about a rose, a blooming rose. Once you've been to the crown chakra, sometimes your consciousness will go to the center of a flower. You'll be walking around in the daytime, you'll see a flower and you just, you will cry. Tears of loving joy, tears of remembrance. Consciousness of heaven, of God. It's not a person, it's a divine consciousness. It's, it's an experience which is very similar to the experience we have in the crown chakra, except that it's multiplied, not by tens or hundreds of times or thousands of times or a million times or a billion times or a zillion times or a trillion times or that is a consciousness that goes out to every other consciousness, loves, nurtures, supports, refreshes, beholds every other aspect of consciousness and then returns to itself with the love, with the love, nurturing, supporting energy, refreshing energy of that consciousness that it has just shared itself with. It's a one in many and many in one expression of love. Expression of love that goes out to the end of the leaf, you see, to the end of the energy loop and comes back. And some of these energy loops go from the very center of the cosmos to the farthest dimension, to the farthest solar system, to the farthest planet, to the farthest souls in the entire cosmos and back again in an instant, in an everlasting instant, in an everlasting expression of divine consciousness that is constantly sharing that divine consciousness with the many and in such a way that the many are sharing it with the one and with the rest of the many at the same time. That happens in every satsang, does it not? We gather for a satsang. We all feel the love in the air feel that same love in our hearts. We feel that same love in our consciousness. Does it not also happen within the first bubble of awareness? <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. We've talked hundreds of times about how our consciousness, consciousness of the soul, which is just clear awareness, it's another word for clear awareness, moves to the center of itself and then feels like it's in a state of equipoise, state of bliss, is in a state of equipoise, is in a state of bliss, and also in a state of totality of consciousness. How and why do we have totality of consciousness in the first bubble of awareness? We have it because the loving consciousness that we are is automatically sharing itself 
from the inside to the outside and to every other aspect of our consciousness at the same time. We are emulating the very nature of God consciousness. When we learn to float as a bubble of clear awareness as a silent observer, and when that's perfected, we automatically go right inside this bubble of pure consciousness at the eye center. But in both of those experiences, whether we are fully aware of it or not, Radha Swami Bhakti, as Babuji and Swami Ji described it, or as the equipoise at the court in the middle of the court of the Lord, as Guru Nanak described it, easier said, simply said when we allow our awareness, whether it be just our own awareness, eyes closed on a cushion, or whether it be everything in the world, eyes open in the daytime, we are expressing, sharing that divine bhakti with everything in our field of awareness. We are not just fulfilling the maj, the duty, the purpose, the role, the gift of divine consciousness. They know it or not. How could it be otherwise? He alone, by his own grace and mercy, can enable one to perform that bhakti and bestow the gift of bhakti. He says the same thing we just said. The God consciousness within us is he alone that power that is greater than thou, that bestows us with the constant gift of being able to share the divine bhakti with everything that our consciousness is aware of. Whether we are truly aware of the loving nature, the instinctful, constant, loving nature of pure awareness, it happens just the same. It happens just the same. This is why it is so important to meditate in a bubble of awareness, silent observer or in the cushion, and just be that every microsecond of experience where we can even vaguely feel my presence, the more we vaguely feel, faintly feel, lightly feel, gently feel, tenderfully feel the divine presence, the more our soul is refreshed, rebirthed in and as that divine loving consciousness. We don't realize it at the time. We don't realize it every time we give in Every microsecond we give in to that love, our soul is rebirthed gloriously, magically, magnificently, feels the rebirthing process. So Babuji says he alone, by his own grace and mercy, can enable one to perform that bhakti and bestow the gift of bhakti. We can't, through our own effort, bestow that gift of bhakti, 
share that gift of bhakti. It can't be done by effort. It can't be done by will. It can't be done by people. It, and it can't, no one can give us that gift other than the God consciousness within us, the, the consciousness that we already are. That is the only person that can give us that gift. It's not a person, it's the divine consciousness itself. That gift arrives as, as the core of our soul in the miraculously rebirthing of the soul, every microsecond of our existence. Every microsecond of our existence, we're rebirthed again and again, evergreenly fresh. Ever, ever greenly as a state of bhakti, as a state of loving devotion with everything that can be loved, which is in fact everything. We gave a satsang once wherein Meister Eckhart, great Christian mystic, described the same process and called it the rebirthing of the soul. Yoga teachers are doing God's work. They're Getting people to look inward, such a beautiful thing. And if someone's heart resonates with any type of teaching, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. Absolutely beautiful thing. But for those of us who want to go home, for those of us who are ready to go home, those of us who have the urge to merge, we need to follow the mystic path. And it starts with just learning how to float as a bubble of awareness just float in the world. Don't respond to anything for a few seconds. When we don't do that, we'll begin to become more familiar with the nature of our own awareness. We'll begin to be more comfortable with the nature of our own awareness. We'll become more dreamy, we'll more gentle as we float in the world, more inwardly aware of things. As we ignore the outer world, we automatically become more aware of the nature of awareness and the source of awareness as well. It's the start of our experience. It's the start of actually discovering the bhakti that we are. We don't know it in the beginning. We may not even understand it in that first bubble of awareness. Gradually, stage by stage by stage, we understand how powerful this love is, how attractive this divine bhakti is. We get to a point where we can't take our attention off of it in the soul, where we beginning to realize that it has always been everything Everything it has always been not just our awareness. It has always been our life, always been the source of our love, always been the source of our awareness, always been the source of our energy, had always been every molecule that we've ever had in our body. It has always been in every experience in the outer world as well. We experience and then understand these things as we go inside. Our awareness of the universal oneness and the wonder of it all and the divinity of it all, we feel it 
inside of us as well then from that point forward as we float in the world. You see, this is a miracle of learning to float in the world. Because once we go deep within, even before long before we reach the ground chakra, we begin to realize that the awareness that we have deep within on the cushion is the same awareness that we can maintain while we're in that silent bubble, observe, silent observer bubble floating in the world. And as we're floating in the world with our eyes wide open, in a state of harmonic resonance, just think about it visually for a second. The energy, the divine cosmic energy that's coming out of the core of our awareness to the edges of our awareness. Where's the edges of our awareness when we're in the world? Is it refined to the physical skull? No. We realize early on that as we go deeper into these bubbles of awareness, the bubble itself gets larger and larger and larger. Long before you get to the crown chakra, oh my, it's much bigger than a house. It's much, it's as large, larger than an auditorium, larger than a football field. And what do you see when you're awake in the world? Mostly what you're aware of in the vision can be fitted inside of a football field or a small hamlet. Your consciousness, no matter what you see in the outside world, is at the edges of everything you see, is also touching everything that you see. Not only is our eyesight touching everything that we see in the outside world, but the consciousness that we are is touching everything outside in the outside world. And since it's a divine, loving consciousness, since it's a, an expression of divine bhakti, we ourselves are sharing that divine bhakti with everyone in the vicinity of our field of awareness, whether we realize it or not. We are literally serving our purpose, achieving our purpose, achieving the crowning achieve, crowning goal of our purpose, our celestial purpose. When we are one as that divine loving consciousness in the world, as it shares this divine bhakti with everyone else in the vicinity of our awareness whether they're aware of it or not. When we first start meditating, we're not always aware. I wasn't. We're not always aware of, the, of this constant flow of divine bhakti that's flowing through our consciousness, filling our consciousness, filling everything that we are aware of in the outside world. We're not aware of that in the very but as we go deeper and deeper into these bubbles of awareness, we become aware of it. In fact, we can't 
keep our attention out of it. Deeper yet, when we reach that nexus point where we're rebirthed every microsecond of our existence, it's like we're eternally living and dying as a constant expression of divine love and consciousness. The body itself literally flickers in and out of existence at that point. But it flickers in and out of existence so fast, so many times per microsecond, hundreds of times per microsecond, that only someone else in divine consciousness can see the flickering in and out of existence because we're rebirth an unbelievable number of times every microsecond. Our very existence is our path. We were initiated by God, very instance of our creation as a soul billions of years ago. Ever since, we've been doing a divine mantra for these same four billion or so years in the consciousness, deep within ourselves. There's no tongue. We have no body. The soul consciousness doesn't have a body. Its attention is like the tongue, you see, the tongue of God. The saints say we need to use to be able to express this divine consciousness. Deepest part of our soul, we've always been aware of this flow of divine consciousness. And from that sense of things, we've been repeating the name of God constantly in the depths of our soul for billions of years. Our soul is definitely ready to go home. It's been wanting to go home for billions of years. Not only that, it's been looking at the source of its true home for billions of years. As it sees and feels the flow, divine bhakti flowing through it, flowing out into the world, it's looking at its true home. It's as if the hand of the soul is on the gate of heaven. It's as if the ears of the soul can hear the footsteps of God. It's as if the heartbeat of the soul is beating in unison with the heartbeat of God. Yes, we're beginning to understand the words of Mira and so many other great lovers of the Lord. As our consciousness explodes out into the world, it's as if we've become the very expression of the divine bhakti of God consciousness. Meditate with as much faith, as much certitude of this as you can. But be patient. Be lovingly, gently, sweetly, tenderly, patient and everything that we need to know, everything that we will know will arrive flawlessly, smoothly when the awareness is meant to happen. It's our birthright, it's our destiny. And as the divine bhakti that we truly are, it's certainly inevitable. Namaste.